Welcome to this episode of Winning with Beckwith. On this one, we have an amazing, talented uh, financial planner by the name of Adam Morgan. He's gonna drop some knowledge about starting a business, what it's like to be an entrepreneur, and what do you gotta do to get your business up and running in order to be successful. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of Winning with Beckwith. I'm super pumped up to have today's guest, who is Adam Morgan. I call him the idea guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I'll like take that? that. I, I've never, I've never <laughs> heard that before, but it lands well. So let's go. I mean, with I it. just, I just thought of that today. So uh, he is a financial professional, uh, a CFP, as they say, certified financial planner, right? Yes, sir. And uh, honestly, he's one of the smartest people I know. And so, like I've always said, I try to get really successful, really smart people here on the podcast that are way smarter than me that can give you guys some some nuggets of wisdom. So we have Adam Morgan, and I and I call him the the idea guy. And we'll get into that in a second, but he, now correct me if I'm wrong, but you're an owner at Millennial Planning Group? Yep, Millennial Planning Group is a financial planning division of First Financial Group dedicated to business owners and entrepreneurs. So I I own the entity and work under a larger entity uh, where I get to kind of have my cake and eat it too. Perfect, cool. So the great thing about Adam is every time I talk to him, he gives me like a couple business ideas or 20, and so when I leave, I'm just like, let's, I want to start a business, you know, and it's always a new business I never thought of. And so uh, that's what I love about him. The other thing I love about you is you are a great connector of people. He's always trying to connect like-minded people and business. And I know you've introduced me to a lot of people. And so I do appreciate that. And so I just love being around Adam, his passion, um, his energy that he brings to every conversation, which you, you guys will see here in a second, um, is just amazing. So I love to start out every podcast I do. Uh, with a little bit of a curveball. So tell us uh, like a fun fact, something that nobody would typically know about you. Uh, As a child, I was actually an avid herpetologist. Herpetology is the study of reptiles. So growing (laughs) up- I don't even know what that is. You you said a curveball, here you go, bro. (laughs) Um, So it's the study of reptiles. Uh, Always loved animals, specifically reptiles. Uh, Growing up, thought that would be a career path for me until I realized A, uh, the options were going into a science which was very um, low compensated yeah. and uh, not well uh, supported, uh, and B, the other option of being a vet, uh, uh, A, I do not like chemistry, and B, the massive amount of schooling for um, not exactly desired income path uh, <laughs> led me to, to, su- uh, to pursue other endeavors. So you wanted to make more money? That's what you just um, said, but yeah. a fancier way of saying it. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, right, that's right. We're, we're good at that in my world. No, that's good. I thought you would mention your bourbon collection, uh, but apparently you're famous for that. So, it's, it's... so I'm, <laughs> yeah, so it is. It also, I'm an avid bourbon collector. So, a passion of mine over the, the, the recent years has been uh, the collection, documentation, and enjoyment of bourbon. Um, if you ever have an extra one to five hours of your life you want to waste, come on over to the office and I'll be happy to give you a lot of useless. Bourbon knowledge <laughs> that you can take with you as so you know. we have reptile knowledge and bourbon knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Adam's your guy. So. Yeah, that's right. So if you need weird, uh, archaic things that you may never actually have to use, come to me. But at the same time, if you need things you do need to use, i.e., business strategy, <laughs> I can help there too. That's right. That's right. So I mentioned earlier about your passion for entrepreneurship and, and business and leadership. Where did that come from? Because I know you kind of, you know, you originally didn't think you were going to be going down this path. So where did that originally come from? Yeah, so uh, starting out, um, I've always had my own little quirks and queries and thoughts about things. Coming out of college, 
Yeah, I had lots of observations. One of those observations were a lot of my friends that went to internships. Uh, the internship was good for a lot of things, but what I didn't see it was in personal development at yeah. a skill set. Um, and at the time I'd been working in the Outer Banks uh, in the service industry, and one of the things the service industry taught me is that uh, a quality service, a quality experience is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your monetary capabilities at the time. If you can create a, a, an experience that is better than the next person, that gives you equal footing. I didn't see a way that I could get that. Can I stop you for a second? Can yeah. you just say that one more time? Because I think that's so key, and I, and I try to stop yeah, when yeah. I hear something that I think is going to be useful to entrepreneurs and business centers. So the quality service. A quality service experience creates an equalized playing ground no matter what your background is. You yeah. don't have to have money. You don't have to have connections. But if you can create a value that is greater than the next person, that gives you the potential for exponential growth that I don't believe anything else is quite as powerful in doing. That's good. Um, so, so that 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 theory, that that experience from the restaurant industry said, okay, well, how am I going to do that? If I if I want my control of my own destiny, working for a company is probably not going to be the route. The only thing I saw as my route was business ownership, and I just had to figure out what that business ownership was. What I knew from working in the restaurant industry, I like people. Yep. Uh, and I like solving problems. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. That's just, I, I love it. Everybody's got a different Rubik's Cube they want to put together. So I love getting together with them and figuring that out. That's always been a passion. Wait, speaking of Rubik's Cube, can you do one? Can't. Have no freaking clue how to do one. Uh, which is probably why I'm so passionate about them, right? Um, so I, I use a metaphor of something that I can't do. But No, I think that's great. That's, that's the important. only reason I brought it up is we had a previous guest that one of the when I asked him what something nobody knew about him, he said he could do a Rubik's cube. That's so, that's impressive that's to me. I still to this day cannot figure out how that, <laughs> me that works. God bless me neither. Just to be, we're both on that same page. But anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're good, man. So, so, uh, so, so in the exploration of that, what I came to the the crossroads of those things was really the financial services industry. Um, as I mentioned before, I didn't come from a whole lot of money. Uh, didn't have a lot of connections that had money. So, uh, in exploring that endeavor. Um, all the companies that I, I wanted to hire me didn't want to hire me. I wasn't exactly the poster child for an ideal candidate. Yeah. And, and you didn't go to Harvard? I mean, yeah, it's as crazy as I went to Radford. It's just a <laughs> different, it's different rung Some down. people call that Harvard. Yeah. It's the Harvard of something, but it's not education. <laughs> um, so, so from that perspective, yeah. um, you know, I got out there and, uh, and realized that uh, the companies that wanted me, uh, I, uh, uh, I didn't really want to be with, and the companies that... I wanted to be with didn't really want me. Luckily, I found I, I found an organization that was willing to give me the capacities to grow my own business under their umbrella, which yeah. is now the first financial group, um, and uh, at the same time, give me the ability to scratch that itch of entrepreneurship and ownership. Um, and and really getting into that world, not having those backgrounds, the one thing I had was was work ethic and ethic. So going out to business owners and saying, hey, listen. What is it that you would like to get from a financial professional that you aren't getting? Typically, I got really weird, unique problems to yeah. help them navigate through. Yep. Uh, but in doing so, um, it created a unique tool chest that I have today. 
um, that allows me to provide value in a way that I think is maybe a little bit different than, than some other peers in, in my industry. Yeah, so you wanted to create your own destiny, which I love talking about that because that's a similar story to myself. Uh, I had actually been laid off by a couple companies in the banking industry, okay. and, and I was like, you know what, I want to just create my own destiny. I mean, we can't control everything. Uh, but I felt like if I could at least control that piece to go out and start a business, yeah. being an entrepreneur, uh, that really gave me that feeling of having a little bit more control. Even though we can't control everything, it gives you that feeling of more control. And it is more control because you're driving the business, which I think is great. Um, so as a kid... Or was it more like college where you like, you know what, I want to go start a business. Did you like start any businesses when you were younger or anything? I'm just curious. Yes. Yeah, Ra so, random question. So, no, great question. Because I'm still all like, I can't believe someone actually laid Matt back with all this. This is like a revelation for me. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. I never thought about it. Someone had asked me that a couple years ago because you hear about these kids who start the lemonade stands and everything. I'm like, oh, I guess that really wasn't me. And then I think back, I'm like, wait a minute. I remember in sixth and seventh grade, me and my friends would get together. It was about five of us. And what we would do is um, we would go around our neighborhood and we would just hit for like a week as many houses as we could to wash their cars, right? And I remember in like, now this is back in the, the early 90s, late 80s, you know, we'd make like 250 bucks in a week. Yeah. Now that was a lot of money, right? For us. Well, like as a that kid, was, yeah. Yeah. And then I came from a small area, like that was that was a big deal, right? Uh, and in addition to that, I, I remember back um, when I was about 10 years old, I remember asking my mom, there was these uh, these big Godzilla dolls, right? These, yeah. things were, these things were awesome, right? Like four feet tall, super cool. It's a little bit bigger than this, of course, but uh, <laughs> I wanted one. And she's like, I really want one. I kept asking her. And finally, one day she goes and, and, and she comes home and there's a push mower, right? She brings home a push mower. I'm like, what is this? And uh, she's like, yeah, you can go buy your own. We need our grass cut. The Steinbeck's needed neighbor across the street needed it. So, yeah. so I started cutting grass by that time. So essentially that was my own little business and I expanded it out a little bit. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, growing up, there was always that little tilt for it. Um, not so much in high school, I uh, worked for people as a lot of people typically do. But then yeah. in college, the place that I worked, I worked through college and one of the owners that I, I worked at a restaurant at the school I went to, um, was very liberal on letting us help run the business and anything we did that created revenue for it that wasn't already being done, he would usually share a piece with us. And that, so that actually gave me my first yeah. taste of when you create value, you can reap the rewards of the value you create. That's good. That's really good. So um, you've been around um, a ton of successful entrepreneurs. You're, you're firm basically focuses in on business owners and entrepreneurs. Yep. I know you're around a ton of good leaders, even professional athletes and, you know, very successful business owners. So I wanted to spend some time today and there's, there's a lot of these, but I wanted to talk through, since you work with a lot of these people, some of the similar characteristics that you kind of see across the board in entrepreneurs that are successful and business owners. So what, were, what do you think and what are some of the uh, characteristics for that? Um, so... Rocky Balboa syndrome, yeah. right? So for any of you who've seen Rocky, you know, the knockdown seven times get up eight, right? Like you just can't knock them down. Yeah. So that's that's usually one of the the similar characteristics I see across the board with my business owners is that they just won't be an odd, right? And it and that and it takes that you have to you have to have a dedication to what you're doing and the willingness to understand the road's not a straight line. 
It's not paved with gold. It's rocky, it's bumpy, and it's painful um, when you start. And, and instead of fighting that pain and, and just like, woe is me, you just take both hands, wrap around it, and you just hug that suck, right? Yeah. And, and you move forward. So that, that, that I'm going to get through it syndrome that knocked me down, I'm going to get back up. That's, that's a key for business owners. And, and truly, that coupled with most of the more successful folks I meet, when we start out in business ownership, there's a lot of people who feel that the driver is, is, is money, right? And, and let's just call a spade a spade. Money's important, right? Uh, the, I, I once heard someone say, I'm not saying money's the most important thing, but it's right up there with the air, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and in our society, the brutal truth is, is capital does drive a lot of decisions we make. But the more successful you get, the more you start to realize that money-driven goals will only get you so far. The real driver eventually becomes success and most of the truly successful people I know get it that the success, the drive of success becomes more intoxicating to them and more of an engine for them than the money it does itself. And the beauty of that is money follows value, not the other way around. So when you have that mindset of continual improvement, continual value creation, because it leads to continual success, the money's a great natural byproduct. But that's a hard thing to tell someone when you're still looking to pay that mortgage it is. or pay that car bill. Yeah, one thing that you said that I loved was, um, you know, you said something along the lines of the gold path or the gold road. And so I think a lot of times when people start a business and like you're saying, the, the goal is, hey, I need to make some money or that's kind of the, the, the drive. And they don't always realize what kind of hardships are gonna be there, what kind of roadblocks they're gonna run into. And one, and you said one, the one common denominator that you see is that they get knocked down and they get right back up. And so I'm just here, maybe you're a business owner and you've just recently had that, just to give you some encouragement, we all go through that. There's always gonna be a turn that you weren't expecting. Um, there's always gonna be, it could be something that was out of your control, it could be a mistake you made. But you just, the successful entrepreneurs are able to push through that and figure out a solution, which I thought was a key point. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's interesting because when you when you see business owners, especially successful people, most people don't get to see them at their start. I'll be the first to tell you, my road was definitely not paved with gold. I, <laughs> I've got tons of people that to this day, I'm thankful that they gave me a couch to sleep on because um, I would literally work at the restaurant at night, do this by day, make enough money every week just to do it again. I mean, I, it, I was not the poster child of success in the beginning. I was a poster child of survival. And the work ethic, though. I'm sure to. you worked hard. It, you know, survival and working hard, they kind of go hand in hand. They do. And, and that's, you have to survive to thrive, right? And you have to be okay with that. And the great equalizer is work ethic. There is nothing special about me. Um, that used to be one of the things when I would talk to people in our industry. I'm like, look, I'd love to tell you that I was the smarter guy or the better looking or the better athletic. I'm about as mediocre a human being as God makes. I wish it was different, but it's just true. But everyone gets the right to choose not to stay that way. And, and so I just chose to work hard enough not to stay that way. And everyone can do that. But it isn't going to be easy. Yeah. Don't don't for a second. There's yeah. there's just there's no easy way to do it. You just put your head and grind through. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Um, so 
One thing that I had on my notes when I was thinking about some characteristics of successful entrepreneurs and business owners is, is they don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes hand in hand with what you're talking about, about getting knocked down and getting back up. Um, but not taking no for an answer, whether it's you trying to get a new client, right, or um, somebody's telling you something can't be done or a new product, it doesn't make sense, and you believe that it makes sense. Like sometimes just pushing through that when you believe in something and not taking that no for an answer, I think it's key too. Yeah, so so I have this thing that I talk about with my team called Blue Crab Syndrome, so I'm going to get on that in a second. <laughs> um, but, but to, Blue Crab Syndrome, I got you. You're going to love I'm this. I'm going to make a note. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Coastal Virginia, you got to be, right? But Another thing we talk about is what's called polite persistence, right? When you say no, there's lots of people who aren't ready to, to experience what I have to offer, right? And that's okay, right? Um, that's okay. But there's a lot of people out there who want it. The problem is that sometimes when you hear one no, you're ready to stop. If you've got to hear one no or 10 no's or 100 no's to get to a yes, it's not about how many no's you hear, it's how many yeses you get. Yeah. Stop focusing on the negative and focus on the positive. When you get mired down in the negativity, you get mired down in the world of mediocrity. And this is the problem that business owners have to understand. Everyone on the, in this world wants to be successful and wealthy. Very few people will be. Very, the majority of the population lives in mediocrity. And what happens when you expand beyond the world of mediocrity? Blue crab syndrome. So what is blue crab syndrome? I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. Right. So yeah, I, I, I let it up, right? So if you ever look back, right, if you ever see like the old school crabbers, right, they get these big bushels of blue crabs, right? And they fill them up in these old wicker baskets. And they fill them almost to the top. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. You've got all these live mobile animals filled up to the top. They should just go everywhere, right? Like a bunch of cockroaches. That's not what happens. Because you see, the minute one of those crabs moves, it triggers all the other crabs, and what do they do? They grab them, and they all hold each other down. So what happens? They all get boiled alive, right? <laughs> so everyone gets clear. The only ones that get yeah. away are the ones that are willing to sacrifice an arm or limb. So when it gets when they get held down, they rip it off and yeah. they get out. Um, the world is blue crab syndrome. You have to realize not at its own intent to hold you down. But the general populace lives in a world of mediocrity, and when you are attempting to scale beyond it, the normal person needs to validate to themselves why it's okay that they live in mediocrity. It's not their fault. It's the world, or it's this yeah. or that. And if you scale beyond it, you're invalidating it, and they can't have that. So, inadvertently, you will sometimes be exposed, not by intention, but people projecting their own negativity and their own validation of mediocrity on you, and to be successful, you have to understand that, be okay with it, and live in a world of abundance that allows you to continue to push through when you have those no's, when you don't get that first yes. And that's one of the big predicators on success or failure. Yeah, and I, I told a story on a previous podcast where I set a goal that nobody had done here in Hampton Roads before, and I had several people tell me it wasn't possible. And so um, <clears throat> I think it's important um, to have a group of people around you that are like-minded that aren't going to be the ones that are selling for uh, settling for less, but the people that are going after for more. Because you're right, there are people, and they don't do it intentionally, right? Correct. I had somebody tell me it wasn't possible. He, he wasn't telling me that because he intentionally was trying to bring me down. That's just how the world is. 
And so having people around you, uh, you know, I've talked about it on previous podcasts, but I think it's so important. I wanted to bring it up again. People like an Adam or people that are business owners that are always trying to get to that next level so they can push you when you are pulling yourself back, which we can do sometimes, they're pushing you to the next level. Yeah. So what are some other characteristics you've seen from, from successful uh, entrepreneurs? So one, as we mentioned, the, the willingness to be politely persistent. Two, uh, value creators, right? The, yeah. You gotta find a value. You gotta have something where you know you can create value and you have to be excited to convey that value, right? Yeah. A willingness to continue, a willingness to push. Um, most of the people that I found who are successful entrepreneurs also live in a world of abundance, right? And so I talked about this earlier, the glass half full versus the glass half empty. Um, it's important to mentally insulate yourself because when you're a business owner, you're gonna get beat up. And part of it's by nature, part of it's by your own self-creation, but you have to force yourself to have a mindset where you live in the world of abundance. Positive, right? Yeah. Positive mental attitude is a big thing. And you also have to always be willing to be, and I'm saying this in a, in a very uh, tactical way, self-critical. Not in a way that's negative, but in a way that's promoting improvement, right? If you look at the greatest athletes that are out there, they shoot the ball or they hit the ball or they throw the ball better than 99% of us, right? So they're already better than us. They don't stop at being better than us, right? They stop at being the best version of themselves, which is why they don't stop, yeah. right? They practice harder than everyone else. So instead of trying to be critical of yourself, be self-critical of, it's not that are you the best, are you better than someone else, right? Even if you're really good at what you do, yeah. are you the best version of yourself? One of the things that have, I've had people as I get as I got more successful, and I'm sure you have as well, that that, that uh, compliment you, right? They they give you accolades, right? And that's a good thing. Take those, enjoy those, but at the self time, at the same time, step back and say, "But am I the best version of myself? Are you meeting your potential?" Yeah, I think that's so good. I actually use this with my my daughters all the time because it's so easy to say, "Well," especially when they have goals. Right. And they're like, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, I'm better. I'm better than this group of people. And when you're really trying to push it to a high level, you have to say, am I fulfilling my potential as a as a business owner? Have I reached my potential? Is my team fulfilling their potential when you're building a team? I think that's a great point. Yeah, it's uh, our, our biggest competition should always be against ourselves, not against the outside world. Yeah. Right, and, and when you compete against the outside world, sometimes it's a win-lose. Win-lose is a terrible mindset. Win-win's the mindset. World of abundance gives the opportunity for everyone. And when you think that way, you also learn one of the other key things is the enemy of great isn't bad. The enemy of great is good, right? Yeah, Mediocracy is good. Someone once told me when I was early in my career, make your good better, make your better the best, always realizing that your best could be better. And that always stuck with me. That's really good. That's actually, I've never heard it said that way, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, one thing that I've always seen from entrepreneurs too is they're always looking to learn. And you were talking about, you know, self-reflecting and, and being critical of yourself and not in a negative way. But like just being humble enough to learn from other people I think is huge. And I, some of the top entrepreneurs, people that you would think have it all figured out from the outside, 
when you talk to them, they're constantly, they're humble enough to realize they don't have it figured out. Have you seen that a lot? Uh, 100%. The, the, the person who thinks they know everything scares the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I talk with my team a lot about this, but part of the reason that I continue to get better is that one, I'm always afraid that I'm going to do something wrong. And if I do something wrong, it's not about how it affects me. It's how it affects the people who have trusted me to be the best resource for them. And that's a driver for me. And it also, when, when you accept the fact that you could always potentially be wrong, you accept the fact that someone else may have insights that can help you grow. Even to this day, I meet people, and I've been doing this for almost 18 years now, I meet people who've been doing this a week or two weeks or a month, and they have this completely clear vision and an interpretation of the industry. And sometimes the things they say are so profoundly different than what I would ever think, but they actually help me see things in a different light that improve me. And this is folks who've only been doing what I've been doing theoretically as an expert for over a decade. And, and if I thought that I knew more than them, I would never be willing to have that mindset. And because of that, they actually help me be better. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah, you have to have that, man. You have to constantly be looking to be the better version of yourself. Otherwise, you know, being the... The, the smartest man in the room is a scary man, especially if he thinks he's the smartest man in the room. I, I totally agree. I tell my wife that all the time. So, and uh, we have, over the years, both of us, I'm sure, have seen this, but when we, all the successful business owners that I know are never, um, are never satisfied with the status quo. We've touched on that a little bit, but what I mean by that is as soon as you think you are at a good place, and you're not looking to move forward and grow your business or fit or or fine tune your processes um, is when you start moving backwards. Mm -hmm. All right. So from a revenue conversation level, as soon as you get to that revenue goal and you're like, this is great, I'm just going to kick back and relax, then that's as soon as you'll start going backwards. And so I know a lot of the successful people, they're always looking to move forward. And it's not that they don't celebrate the wins, but they're always looking to, hey, what's the next thing? What's going on in technology? What's going on in the market? Mm -hmm. What do I need to be looking at next to continue to have a business that thrives? And yeah, I agree with that. If you're, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, you always have to be in a constant state of growth. And, and also sharing your growth, sharing your knowledge, right? As other people in my industry have been kind enough to share their information and wisdom with me, which is the only reason I'm at where I'm at, right? Like none of us are at any type of pinnacle because we got there on our own. There's a lot of shoulders we stand on, right? Um, realizing that, accepting that, being thankful for that, and in return, re reciprocating that, right? Sharing that with anyone. Anytime you can help someone else grow, you actually grow yourself. So as a business owner, never, never hesitate to take the opportunity to help because it'll actually grow you. And the more you grow, the more you get to give back. Um, another phrase I love is when you do good, you should do good. Um, that helps you grow too. So there's lots of characteristics that the, that the business owner almost innately starts to yeah. wrap their heads around. Uh, but there, you have to have those. You have to be there. You have to be focused on it and surrounding yourself not only with like-minded peer groups that you can share information with, but a team. Um, I'm where I'm at because I have a great team of people who've helped me. 
Um, and I recommend everyone for the same. All my business owners, one of the first things you need to do besides having your business plan and having your strategy, start developing your team and make sure that everyone who's on your team wants to be on that team, right? They're not there because they have to, they're there because they wanna be. Yeah, I actually have this in my notes here. Like great leaders inspire the people around them and try to, or not try, but they make sure they maximize their potential and just being a great leader and entrepreneur, I mean, how true is it that they always are building good teams? It always just blows my mind when I talk to other business owners that are, that are very successful. Like the people around them are just so good and you could just tell that they're pushed to reach their potential, but not in a negative way, yep. right? Do you see that a lot too? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, you know, the, the key is that's that knife edge, right? You don't want to force growth. You want to encourage growth. You want to inspire, right? And there's a there's a big difference in, in that line of lead by yeah. fear or lead by example, right? Uh, the greatest leader is the greatest servant, and that service is not only to your client, but it's also to your team. It's also to the people who you're helping guide that ship. Because the more you the more you serve them the more they're gonna want to serve you, and collectively you're gonna serve each other better than being separate. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, the last thing I had on here for common characteristics I see, okay, okay is brave, being brave and courageous. I mean, how true is that? Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, brave, courageous, and my, my in my world, sometimes I say I was just stupid. Um, I'm just, <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm just stupid and stubborn. <laughs> like I had this vision that I can really help people, and I really wanted to do it. So you just weren't going to convince me otherwise. Um, and it did. It worked out, right? It, it was a rocky path, but it was a rocky path to a place that I'm happy to be, and a place that continues to evolve and grow. Um, so it does kind of take a little bit of bravery uh, and brazenness to go down a route that most people don't want to go down. Um, and so you just have to have that inside of yourself to say, this is, this is the direction I want to go. I believe in myself enough to know that I don't know everything and I'll figure it out as I get down this path and that's okay. Um, and it's okay if other people tell you you're crazy to do it. Yeah. It's okay. Um, that if people don't understand, just because someone doesn't understand what you're doing doesn't mean that it's the wrong route. It just may not be the right route for them. Yeah, I, it's funny because I know some business owners I meet that are very successful and you, and you get to know them over the years and you realize there's nothing special about them. Like sometimes the only characteristic they had at the beginning, now they've developed over the years, don't get me wrong. Yeah. was being brave enough to actually start a business. That was the number one characteristic. And I'm not calling them stupid. I was pretty stupid. <laughs> but it's funny how just having the, that sometimes what separates people. They have the same intelligence, same work ethic sometimes, but some people are just a little bit more likely to take that chance to go out there and try something that nobody else does, which I think is big. Yeah, it goes back to the every. I'm a mediocre human being, and at every He's really not, one, by the yeah, way, but you know, we'll, I, go, with, we'll go with that. He's just, size, stature, looks, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like the poster child for like middle, right? But it just chose not to stay there, and that's, that. like you said, that's yeah. the beauty. You choose, you choose your route. 
But when you make the choice, you have to understand that you can't just say, I don't want to be mediocre anymore. You have to do things to continue to, to progress onto that path. So once you start walking the path, just because you're on the path doesn't mean it's going to lead to the land of, uh, of, of sugar and honey, right? You got to work at it. But if you do, as long as you're willing to work and not compromise your value system, this is a big one. Um, so, so I can't believe I didn't say this earlier. When I look for new people to join my team, I look for two things. Yeah. Work ethic and ethic. So this one is your value system. So many times, as I mentioned early, success is more important than the money. And if you create success, the money will follow. Do not get into business. And when you come to the crossroads, and guess what? Every single one of us will, where we have a choice. Are we going to make a decision that's monetarily beneficial at the potential sacrifice of our ethics? Never cross that line. Do your best not to cross the line because as long as you hold true to what your value system are, is and what they are, you will find that internal compass is a bigger driver and will allow you to get over more hurdles than money ever will. And that nine times out of 10 will create an even quicker path to success than that theoretic short and easy road. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I don't know any business owners, successful business owners that have been successful for a long period of time that do it the wrong way. And I do think there is a misconception out there that you have to be slick or you have to you know, live in the gray and that's just not true. Mm -hmm. I don't know any business owners um, that have been successful for a long time that live in the gray. They do things the right way. They don't compromise their values, uh, which I think is key. And I really think it's just uh, that is a key characteristic that we can use to kind of wrap the podcast up because I think it's that important. Um, but just to kind of summarize, I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff today. Um, again, the main topic was Adam Morgan, the idea guy. Um, and as you guys can see, super smart, very passionate. It came across. Um, and we talked a lot about some of the characters to be an entrepreneur with the biggest one being brave, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the other ones are, are very common too. And so um, I know I enjoyed having you on here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, any last words of inspiration or anything? No, just, hey, look, you're, you're going down a path that most don't go down. The end of the path is great. No one knows what the end of your path will have, but with the right commitment and willingness, you're gonna be able to create whatever it is you want to. And anyone can do it. So stay focused, stay, stay in the right mindset, surround yourself with the right mindset, surround yourself with the right people to help continue growing that and uh, enjoy the journey. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, please uh, subscribe to the channel. That was me begging. You should definitely do it. Uh, leave us some reviews and comment. We appreciate it here at Winning with Beckwith and I hope you enjoyed. Thanks.